Hey, it's Travis. I wanted to take this moment to discuss our sponsor, BetterHelp. I used to think talking to a therapist was a sign of weakness until I started talking to one. It has really helped me limit the negative chatter that can infiltrate my brain. Therapy has helped me become a more insightful person, father, and husband. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. Their online platform makes finding a therapist incredibly easy. Fill out a brief questionnaire and you will be matched with a therapist in just a few days. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, or click the link in my show notes. In doing so, you will be helping this show and you will receive 10% off your first month. If you aren't clicking with your therapist, if you're not getting a good vibe, BetterHelp will allow you to switch your therapist at any time with no additional cost. Online therapy is a game changer for me. I have such an erratic schedule. I work nights, weekends, late, early, holidays, you name it. Being able to video call my therapist from my phone in a call room, at work, or in my car, or whatever, it's extremely convenient for me and it allows me the time and the, the place to actually get my therapy in. So if you're struggling, if you need to talk to somebody, go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes and they'll get you set up with somebody. This has been my thank you note to BetterHelp for supporting this show. Hi, welcome to episode two of the Thank You Notes podcast. I want to start with a little housekeeping. I have a Facebook page for the show. Like that and you will get the episode links when they drop. One more thing, leave me a voicemail or a text message at phone number 469-609-7136. Leave comments, reviews, or even a thank you note. Our guest today is David McBride. He was my high school social studies teacher. He made a huge impact on me. He spent 20 plus years teaching in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The conversation we had is exactly the kind of conversation I wanted to have when I started this podcast. I really enjoyed it and I hope you will too. So let's get to it. Mr. David McBride. It's been 23 years since the last time you and I spoke. Thank you so much for coming on my fledgling podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and it is great to be here. One of the wonderful things about Facebook is reconnecting with old friends and students. So it is, uh, I'm, it's terrific to be here. <laughs> it really is. Well, good. Uh, what are you up to these days? I know you're not teaching at Casha Hall where you and I met. Where, where are you these right. days? I am semi-retired. Currently, helping as customer service representative at Mazio's mm-hmm. and it's a part-time situation and actually fun because I do get to deal with people and mm-hmm. who knows about the classroom again. But um, after, I think I mentioned 18 years at Casha, I spent 11 at Bishop Kelly, six at San Miguel school in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit and yes. that's when I got out of it. And uh Let's see. So, uh, how long you've been with Mazios for? How long? That's six a, weeks. Six weeks. Oh wow! <laughs> it's very new. How did the uh, Mazios opportunity come to you? My niece, my youngest niece, mm-hmm. Amanda, uh, was working as their beverage and food 
specialist and mentioned that they had a uh, customer service representative opening and I jumped on it. So, and it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. It actually fits your profile because I do remember you circulating the lunch hall, you know, <laughs> talking, talking to all of us. During, and you actually sat down and had lunch with me and my friends one day. I don't know if you remember that. I, I remember making a habit of that, trying mm-hmm. to, uh, because I remember speaking with some other counselors and they said the lunchroom is very important and can be very, you know, you sit with your friends in the lunchroom. And so you get to know students at a di- on a different level. It's outside the classroom and there's good interaction back and forth. So, and th- you have to gain a certain element of trust so that they can talk. The students can talk freely mm-hmm. uh, when you're there because sometimes sitting there, they can change the, the topic of conversation or the tone right. of the conversation. I Well, that's something I, I did want to get into you and we can get into it now. I, I always my biggest remembrance about you is that you had such a good rapport with, pa- with uh, patients. You can, I've been a doctor for too long. <laughs> well, uh, depends the day. Uh, you had such a good rapport with students. And I, I, if I had to describe my experience in your class, it, it, I would just say respect it. I felt like I was being spoken to as an adult and, you know, you, we gave you that respect in return. Is there something that you do to, gain the respect or rapport with students? Uh, I think it's important to meet students where they are and accept them for where they are. Um, and, and, and indeed, that was a college preparatory atmosphere. So inter- interacting with adults is important once you get to college as part of the pre- preparation process. But I just enjoyed the interaction. And it, I gained as much from it as any students who gained from it. And I've heard this a few times, um, not very often, but a few times. So it's, it's refreshing to hear that because it's something that I felt was important, that you could, you could interact with students on a level that's outside the classroom and, or speak to them at a different level that's outside the classroom. So you, you give it a try and do the best you can. And I'm sure that there's, there's been some situations where it didn't work out. You know, that's one of the challenging things of a profession like education is that um, many times, you know, you, you do the best, very best you can. And sometimes that falls short and sometimes it doesn't. So you try to do the best you can. And of course, I, educationally, my better years, I think for me, were from at Bishop Kelly in the classroom. Um, but I certainly enjoyed this. I loved this my alma mater. Cashall is my alma mater. So I love mm-hmm. teaching it. I, I, the sense that I got is that the, re, the relationship you built with us personally kind of affect it very much affected our relationship as, a, as an educator. And it, w- you know, we had that relationship with you. And so that motivated us to do, you know, be present and be, in your class and learning more. And then when we started getting more out of that, then it, you know, we had, and you know, that just kind of goes round and round and it's a positive reinforcing loop. So that's, I, not every teacher does that. I, it's you, you were you very unique in that way. And I hope you know that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the kind words. Yeah. Oh, there's more coming. Don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 
so th- this is the thank you notes podcast so you you write thank you notes so can you tell can you tell me more about it? you say you do it for lent tell me more about that last lent i spent i just sat down and thought what can i do for lent and so many times we we give things up and i wanted to do something different so i started writing thank you notes to people who maybe i had not had communication with in a long time or impacted my life in a positive way maybe i hadn't shared that with them how important what they did for me uh, was in my life as i went past that relationship with them so i sat down and wrote almost a letter a day and mailed it every day to uh and not just individuals teachers former um colleagues, former students that the, who I had con- continued to be in touch with, religious communities. I wrote a few religious communities mm. and how, for instance, I wrote a letter to the Augustinians uh, in, at Kasha and just what an impact. My first day in seventh grade in 1970, August of 1970, Father John Gaffney and the impact that from Father Gaffney to Father Spielman to Father Fogarty to the current, you know, Father Philip is the current headmaster. And certainly he was there when that letter arrived. But I wanted all of the Augustinians who had touched my life to know how important their work was to me. And so the same with the St. Joseph's Monastery at Monte Cassino, uh, you know, the Benedictines there have been important. So not only individuals, but groups of individuals, the Christian brothers at Bishop Kelly, I wrote a couple of retirement communities so that they would understand the work they did, not just with me, but so many others, lives that who they have touched. And it's interesting when somebody gets a letter in the mail, they open it, And it's something like a thank you note. And I found it very effective in terms of communicating um, how I felt. I could sit down and patiently explain, this is how I feel about your community. This is how I feel about you personally. This is the impact you made upon me. You can can reread it, rewrite it, edit, all kinds of things. And I think we're so much in a hurry today. Speed is everything. If you can find something quicker, it sells. And a thank you letter, a thank you note is patient. And it's as a result, it's very meaningful and very touching. And that's why I was attracted to your podcast and mentioned it is that thank you notes are incredibly important to me. And um, I continue to write them. That's great. What kinds of things uh, you can, you don't have to get into, but so I, I kind of like writing them for big things and small things. You know, uh, my grandmother-in-law sent me $20 for my birthday and I sent her a thank you note and she was, she was floored. And I, I like doing that, but I also, you know, I, I, the big gifts get them, get them too. So what kinds of things that were you thanking people for? Like specifically? Specifically that the Christian brothers at Bishop Kelly literally took me in. I lived with them for a year thinking about being a Christian brother. So I lived with them and what they did for my prayer life, you know, specifics Mm -hmm. 
in meditation, in daily prayer. And I mean, and he could go on and on with that. But, you know, anything that touched me specifically, because if you mention something specific, they'll remember that. And I mean, I remember when um, the flood in New Orleans and we were sitting around the television set when Katrina hit and we're watching this horror and we go pray and how meaningful that was for me. Uh, and it's interesting that tragedy sometimes brings that out in us. I remember thanking for um, the 9-11 is a seminal moment in U.S. history for so many of us. Of course. At Bishop Kelly, the irony of that is that at Bishop Kelly, we school calendars are planned a year in advance. We had our first all school mass scheduled that day. And how many people talked to me, helped me through, you know, and we just talked through that day. That's something I put in a thank you note. And I remember them specifically. But how ironic it is that we would have unannounced our first all school mass the day most of our students learned about 9-11 at mass. Mm. And it wasn't planned. It wasn't like there's a catastrophe, there's, go to mass. It was just, it, it happened. So specifics, you know, thank you for things that you've done for me. Um, I, I guess with my parents, it's, gosh, I've certainly tested their patience. <laughs> for their patience through the years and the decades is very important. Uh, but there's like Richard Sullivan is a colleague who trusted me with some things. And I was very specific with him that he trusted me to put me in a play called Our Town. Mm -hmm. And we, we did this play and it was, not only was the play meaningful, but the fact that he trusted me to play a character in this play was very important to me. And sharing that with him was very specific. And I still, when I talk to him, he now lives in Minnesota, I'll mention that and I'll bring it to his attention. So, I don't know if that helps you out, Eddie, but that, that actually does help me out. I, I believe I saw you in that. You played a bartender, didn't you? <laughs> I did at one point. Yes. Yes. And yeah, Mr. Sullivan was one of my favorite teachers. And he was actually one of the reasons why I went, in, went into the sciences is because I loved his class so much. Uh, but to, to piggyback off your point, I do spec, you know, being specific, I think is May, maybe one of the most important parts of the thank you note and it's what i kind of wanted to to aim for in this podcast is that you, you take the time to name something specifically like when you think thank you for the you know this book that and then or think you know just these general vague you know thank you for being so nice and everything like i i think it's it's for you to get something out of it you know you need to dig and find your own feel and attach it to the specific you know, mitzvah that, that came from that. So no, I, I completely agree with, with, with all of that. And I, I wasn't, I didn't spend much time at Bishop Kelly, so I didn't know the, the Christian brothers there, but I can certainly understand the, the warmth and gratitude to the Augustinians at Kasha. I have nothing but gratitude for they, my, my life is orders of magnitude better because of my involvement with that school. You also brought up that you have your students write thank you notes. Tell, tell me more about that. 
there was, it, it came up out of being a fan of thank you notes. I thought, what if I do is this project in my classroom, had them think of somebody who has really had an impact upon their lives. And we sat down in class and put pen to paper and wrote thank you notes. With some students, I had to teach them how to address an envelope and where the stamp goes on the envelope. This is a Bishop Kelly? This was a Bishop Kelly. So this was 2001 to 2011, 1999 to 2011. So students wrote very detailed letters to their parents in some cases. I remember getting phone calls from former middle school coaches who had coached these kids, had no idea of the impact that they had made upon these kids. Yet when that came time, choose somebody. Um, and they wrote, a, a two of them wrote a middle school coach and how touched the recipients were and how it rekindled the relationship between the student and the person who they wrote the letter to. Some of the most interesting, I suppose, were they wanted to know if they could write somebody who had passed. And I said, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We'll send it to their family, but, but tell them what it was about their son, daughter, parent that was significant, that was important. I got phone calls from them. And the phone calls tended to be tearful. I bet. They were joyful about this. And so it was a class project that I just kind of winged it and thought, why not? Why not write thank you notes? and get them into the the habit of thanking people who had made a difference in their lives. And they liked writing the letters. Some continued to write more letters after that. And as I mentioned, the recipients were overjoyed and many times surprised. A policy that I have with work, I'm, I'm not sure that the operating room, I'm an anesthesiologist. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so criticism gets passed around pretty freely, you know, so-and-so doesn't know what they're doing, so-and-so, <laughs> but uh, everyone, you'll get a, a nugget of something, you know, hey, you, this patient really liked this, or, you know, this surgeon was, and I always make it a point to pass, because I, I don't think that gets passed along enough, and especially, you know, these coaches had no idea, so it, I think it's really important to just take that extra moment you know it takes it how long does it take to write these things three three minutes five minutes yeah put it, a stamp on it put it in the mail right i mean it's not that long uh but it's very and and some of them wanted you know scratch the tore the paper up and ask for another piece of paper to rewrite and that's fine because i wanted them to be work slowly with it thoughtfully with it and therefore communicate your message as much as possible with it. So it was very meaningful. One of the positive things I did, and I agree with you that we tend to focus so much on what's wrong as opposed to what's right. But if you, if you sit down and think what's right, for instance, right now we live in a culture that's very toxic, Mm -hmm. but there's some things that are good in our culture. There are some good people out there. There's there's some people are doing some really good things. They don't get as much attention as, as I believe they should. And so much of the focus is on the negativity. So I think 
one of the things as I've matured, focusing on what's right is more important, if not, uh, it's just, it's very, very significant to put focus on what's right as opposed to what's wrong. So one of the great, maybe the greatest comedic moment of my life happened in your class. And it involves a yo mama joke. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, but I'm just, I'm sure it'll, it'll, uh, rattle the, the brain. So I don't know how this started in your class, but people would just start saying <laughs> that this was history class and it was, uh, you, you'd just be teaching something and it'd be like, you know, and such and such was the great appeasement. And is like, your mom's the great, appe greatest appeasement. Or is it, you know, and this is, you know, the Axis powers. Your mom was an Axis power. It, it, and you just kind of jiggled, uh, chuckled and, uh, played it all. I, I don't know when when it started but there's one day in particular uh katie huffman your former state rep was yep. sitting about two uh seats in front of me and she was filling out the attendance slip for the class and you, uh just and she was like using different colors and drawing pictures and the attendant came to the door to get the slip and she was still working on it and you were in the middle of your lecture and you just said, all right, Katie, come on, this is not a 15 minute project. Can you just hand the, the, the slip to the person we can get going? And I took a deep breath and I said, your mom's a 15 minute project. <laughs> and there was about a three to five seconds of silence. <laughs> like no, all the air left the room. And then you chuckled and you walked up to me and you shook my hand. And you said, that was pretty good. The whole class erupted in laughter. And from then on, like that, that, that got said to me multiple times. Did you call Mr. McBride's mom a 15 minute project? <laughs> uh, you have to laugh. Yeah. I mean, that's... and I know that when, those girls, I guess they toilet papered your house or something. They wrote that they on a balloon. Your mom is a 15 minute project. <laughs> yes. So that I, I have, I have yet to live that down. That, that is the greatest <laughs> comedic achievement of my life. So and that's pretty significant. And I, and I will say it's moments like, here's what's interesting about teaching is many times students will remember that, but won't remember Gettysburg <laughs> but it's still something positive mm -hmm. about that classroom that I had a student once we were talking about D-Day and the founding of the D-Day Museum in New Orleans and he was not exactly your most engaged student and he made a comment because they were reading letters and he said wouldn't it be better if they had somebody from D-Day reading those letters instead of actors like mm -hmm. Tom Hanks. And I just said, yeah, that probably would be. And what I didn't know is to him, that was one of the few times a teacher had, had, had ever affirmed anything he said. And I had him mm. from then on. I had him and I didn't, didn't even realize it. So my mom was a 15 minute project. Could be a lot worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, glad you remember that. I'm glad. How could I forget it? Good way. <laughs> I'll share that with my mom. Mm -hmm.
Uh, you knew my mom. You say before oh, more than Lord. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have written you a thank you note, Mr. McBride. Oh, so oh, very good. This thank is you. uh says you rock. <laughs> there it is. You rock. Thank you. All right. This is one of the longer th thank you notes I've written because I, I guess I felt I needed it needed some context, but here, here we go. Dear Mr. McBride, thank you for doing the podcast, especially with the enthusiasm you gave from the outset. We haven't spoken in 20 plus years and it made an impact on me. When I was in your class as a sophomore, you dedicated one day to discussing your OCD di diagnosis and mental health in general, how it had affected your personal and professional life especially. I didn't pay much mind to it then, but it's lived in the back of my mind since then. It was the first honest representation of mental illness I had ever experienced. As I have encountered mental illness in my personal and professional lives, that day in your class is the foundation for any iota of compassion I have for those who suffer in the, that way. I have forgotten most of the other material you taught me, but I will never forget that lesson. Thank you for trusting and respecting us then to share that with us. I'm sorry I called your mom a 15-minute project, but only a little bit. It's still my greatest comedic achievement. Thank you, Travis McBain. It's very kind. Thank you. Very kind. So and thank to, you. So I wanted um, to, so do you, is that something that you dedicate a day to every year when you have a class to discussing mental health? Or, indeed. Mm -hmm. I do. I think because... I may be a U.S. history teacher, but I'm looking at 20 to 25 students four or five times a day. And I know some of them have mental health issues. And they may not even know that yet. Yeah. For them to look at me and let and I share with them what I have experienced with agoraphobia, anxiety disorders, uh, the medication I was required to take. And, and I'm not... I guess the, the point I wanted to try to get across, I'm not ashamed of that. So that's who I am and that's what I am. That maybe it may touch, like yourself, um, somebody and allow them to know it's okay. It's okay to have a mental disorder as I do. Um, and I still deal with it daily, even to the point of, you know, this podcast. When I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful idea. And I uh, did not know that I would be invited, but I just wanted to, to reinforce that. But everything I do before it starts, there's a little anxiety. What if, what if, what if I have an anxiety attack? What if I have some issues that I need to go? I still deal with that. And I think it's important for students to understand it's okay. It's okay to have these issues. Um, some of the, my rationalization, some of the great people in the world have mental disorders. Oh yeah. Uh, especially. And it's one of the things that makes them great. So I'm glad to touch somebody. That's good to hear. I mean, it just makes me feel good. Another thing I wanted to ask you, have you noticed the attitudes? Did you notice the attitudes of your students changing because I think a lot of that is more accepted than it was back in 96 or 97 when you gave that talk to me. Are people more open to it or are they more aware of it nowadays? They tend to be. 
there's been a lot of education since then. And students are much more open to share their story. And I think that's good in the, in the correct uh, situation and circumstance uh, that they accept this is who I am and this is, these are the issues I have to deal with, that that's okay. I think there's been a lot of education with that. Uh, so I think there has been some progress where in the 90s, it was a little more, don't talk about this. Um, and I think that's, I think there has been progress. Let's get to your note to GT Bynum. GT, you probably know how much I love my hometown and how pleased that a former student is currently the mayor. I want to focus today on two events. The first was the Trump rally in June of 2022. You showed political courage in stating that you were not thrilled with the rally in Tulsa during a pandemic and admitted that you could not guarantee that the streets outside the BOK would be safe. Your family was relocated as there were threats made against you. During the president's speech, you were not in the BOK, but outside on the streets with the people of different political factions. You wanted to maximize the chances of a peaceful evening and the shadows of, a, of controversy. Secondly, Days after the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, there was an active shooter in Tulsa at the St. Francis Medical Complex. Tulsa law enforcement acted with tremendous efficiency to limit the carnage. Your actions after the tragedy brought comfort to a city shaken by the actions of a disturbed gunman. Your press conference the day of, of the shooting and your words of comfort and encouragement the next day were awesome. We never know how we will respond under pressure and high pre in high pressure and unpredictable circumstances. You passed, GT. It made me proud to be a part of the Cashahall community, a citizen of Tulsa, and an Oklahoman. Thank you for your political courage, and thank you, and many blessings, GT. David McBride. That's great. GT and I were on the debate team. He was a senior and I was a freshman. So I got to know him a little bit. And it's, it was no, and he actually, my family took a tour of the Capitol building and he was Inhofe's, uh, Senator Jim Inhofe's um, a page or aide or something. And so he gave us a tour of the Capitol and he knew every painting, every statue, every room, every everything. So it came as no surprise to me that he, uh, became mayor and the last time I really had extensive conversation I was a teaching fellow for C-SPAN in 2003 mm -hmm. and one day they came in and said go meet your elected representatives or go to their offices and I think it was Senator Don Nichols at the time and the first person at the door is GT mm -hmm. and he like he did with you took me and and my other C-SPAN colleagues on a tour of the Capitol uh, and again, he knew everything and GT's doing what we always knew he would do yeah. as are you, <laughs> I, as are I don't, you. I don't hosting a podcast in a, <laughs> that's, that's in a master awesome. closet. Okay. I mean, it's good. You're yeah. doing good work. I'm trying to, did you teach GT? Was he ever a student of yours? Like directly I, in your class? I did. Yes. Yes. He was a student in my mm -hmm. class and we talked about it briefly in that interaction. 
uh, in 2003. Now, he thanks Judith Rogers as the teacher who had the greatest impact upon him. And he has taken the time to thank her. Speaking of thank you notes, DT has taken the time to thank Judith about the significant impact she had upon him as he moved forward. She, uh, she's also on my short list. She had just as much of an impact on me. He and uh, Bill Hader all will say that Miss Raj was a huge impact on them. And I, she impacted my life tremendously as well. Sure. Um, this is like, you are uh, doing a, the stop soldier suicide. You're doing a fundraiser for that. I started today. Okay. And you're my walking dog, your I, dog. Yeah. 30 miles in 30 days. Mm -hmm. What's your dog's name? Jenny. Jenny. She, she was named by my niece, Amanda, who mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier. And she loved Force Gump. So oh. her, her dog had puppies. And one of them was Forrest and the other one was Jenny. And I got Jenny. Oh. So, so Jenny's a German shepherd, just uh -huh. over eight, and loves to walk. And so when I saw that it involved walking with your dog 30 miles for 30 days, today was the first day we walked 1.2 miles today oh, yeah. uh, to get it started. And um, it's just a great, uh, again, back to mental illness. I think all of us have been touched not just by soldier suicide, but suicide in general and the darkness of depression. Yes. Uh, and I just think it's an important mental health issue to deal with. So I thought I just said, let's, let's do this and signed up. And I've been pleasantly surprised at the response. So that's all great. Good. I'm going to pick a few bucks over there when we get off. Uh, Mr. McBride, thank you very much for this, for doing this. It, it was an absolute pleasure to, to catch up with you. Thank you very pleasure's much. Pleasure's mine. Next time you're in Tulsa, give me a call. I will do that. Yeah, we'll go to Arnie's. Yeah, I'll meet you at Arnie's. <laughs> Well, I knew that was going to be good, but that was even better than I'd hoped for. Even in adulthood, I'm constantly reminded of how fortunate I am that I went to Kasha Hall in Tulsa, Oklahoma for high school. Visit StopSoldierSuicide.org to donate, or even better, walk your dog for a few miles and keep our veterans in your thoughts. I'm going to take the podcast out of Oklahoma and talk to someone from Texas next time. Please email me at thankyounotespod at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thankyounotespod and look for me on Facebook. Text or voicemail me at 469-609-7136. I would love it if someone could find or spell something memorable with the phone number so it's easier for people to remember, including me. Thank you for tuning in to Thank You Notes. I'll see you next time. A rich man.